The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? I had no idea. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Week 5 is here, and Fantasy Football Today is here to help you set your lineups. What's up, everybody? We've got seven AFC home games to talk about today. Jets are at the Broncos. Very, very interesting game from a fantasy standpoint. Packers at Las Vegas on Monday night. Jacksonville at Buffalo in London. The Giants are at Miami. The Saints are at New England. Tennessee's at Indianapolis. And Baltimore is at Pittsburgh. And Heath and Jamie are on the podcast today, guys. And how many how many 4-0 teams you got that are looking to make it to 5-0, Heath? I know that I have at least four because I have Ooh. four leagues that have first come first serve waivers, and I believe I'm four and zero in all of those, which is really frustrating because I never get a chance to add anybody. And two Aww. of them, I'm not even that good. I've just given up the fewest points in the league, so it's like a paper four and zero, and I'm not adding anybody. So um, I think four. All right, that's very impressive, Jamie. Uh, same four. Nice and FFT open. He's still four and zero. Still four and Let's go. All right. You're not supposed to. I mean, you're allowed to win that, but you know, I'm, I'm not rooting against. This, you. this will be this will be the first uh, week where I have a a bye week concern. I had to drop somebody oh. to replace Justin Herbert. Oh man, but it's. Well, I guess that leads the first week. Anybody has any bye week? Concerns? Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna. <laughs> I have any roster concerns? Roster. Concerns. Yeah. No. You know. You know what? You know what was nice tough. to have a uh, undefeated team, and. Not played Devon Achan until last week. That is really nice. Yes. Yeah. Nice little uh, little weapon you got there. All right. So I think the big question before we get into the players we love and the players to avoid, the big question this week is what are we doing about the Colts running backs? Heath, I'll give you the first stab at this one. Of course, they have to be facing the Titans, which is never good. But uh, what's your read on uh, the Colts running back situation here and what to do? And, and I guess we can start by comparing them to the Thursday night guys. 
I, I think it's it's funny that like every single week the Titans match up against a running back is somebody that we're like really right. talking about. Either they were just a waiver wire ad or now it's Jonathan Taylor returning. It's going to depend on when we get to Friday, um, like the news and information that we have. As of right now, and I think with the Thursday guys, I'm just going to start Brian Robinson and Khalil Herbert over them. Um, I mean, technically, and I think people should remember this for roster management purposes, Jonathan Taylor is still on the pup. Cooper Cup's still on IR. You don't be moving them into your starting lineups yet. Let's let's leave them, <laughs> save those extra roster spots. Um, I will start the Thursday guys over them. If, if we get full practices all week from Jonathan Taylor, I'm probably going to get more aggressive and move him up into the top 25. Right now, they're both around 30 for me. And Jamie, you agree? Start the Thursday guys over them for now? And we'll wait and uh, see. Yes. The only thing that he said that's, I think, interesting is, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> he said a lot of things are interesting. The, the, thing that, the thing that is interesting about what he said in terms of roster management is when you get to the Thursday guys, if there isn't somebody you want to drop, you got to be a little bit careful of that. So, like, there, there may be people that have uh, a 10-team league that has Jonathan Taylor on IR and you want to drop Roshan Johnson. You know, so just be careful about that when you're leaving guys on IR to have to elevate players, you know, you might not want to drop your receivers or your, or your other players like that, you know, so just keep that in mind. Um, yes, I do agree. I, I think based on the tough matchup uh, for these guys, like I have no interest in Zach Moss. If he was the, if you told me right now, Zach Moss is starting, he's a flex at best. And and there's no Jonathan Taylor uh, with both of them. I think they're still flexes because as Shane Steichen said, well, the, the quote that just, I can't get out of my head is we'll rotate him in. So yeah. what does that mean? We'll rotate him in as the lead guy. We'll rotate him in as we'll ride the hot hand. We'll rotate him in as he's going to get a few snaps. So it's 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 a little troubling, I think. If this was an easy matchup, you'd say, okay. It's a tough matchup, I'd say try and avoid must-start status for those guys. All right. Got to call Jamie out on something here. Jamie's a big, fat liar. Uh, he, of course, it's Thursday, and he's wearing a hat. So, you know, earlier a couple weeks ago, he reprimanded me for not realizing that he only wears hats on Wednesdays. They reprimanded. He, he did not. He did not wear a hat yesterday either. There were people in the chat questioning why he was well, hat free so, yesterday. So you you posted that, and I figured, you know what? I'm just gonna keep switching it up, and I'll do it. <laughs> okay, because because people are wondering, are you getting another haircut? Because that was your excuse last week. He was getting a haircut. That was, well, that was that was a valid excuse last week. But yeah. Uh, so the the one thing, and I, and I was thinking about this this morning as I put a hat on to take my kids to school. Um, I I showered last night for the second time of the day uh, to make you happy. Uh, you. But my my son had a baseball game last night, so I was coaching his his team, <clears throat> and uh, yeah. Okay. So I, had to, I had to take a shower last night. Oh, good for you. So, okay, so when you shower, you have to wear a hat. All right, that makes yeah. sense. And then I will shower again after the show. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, like, save some water, man. All right, time for the players we love. <sighs> who Who is... I know who it is. Who's the start of the week, Jamie? I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. Why are you nervous? <laughs> I mean, I'm... Go ahead, go ahead. I think it's... Why, yeah, it's, why would you be nervous? <laughs> I'm, I'd be nervous um, it's Hall. Yeah. Um... I think uh, after this week, I'll stop just following the Broncos around. But um, Brees Hall is uh, in a good spot. You know, I it, I was very excited when um, Robert Sala said uh, no more pitch count for him. So that's that's the first thing that's encouraging. Uh, I love the narrative for what this week is. Nathaniel Hackett going to face the Broncos. This is the this is the place where Brees Hall suffered his torn ACL. Was at Denver in Week Seven last year. But really, the biggest thing is the Broncos think. And they've allowed four running backs in the last three games to score at least 22.2 PPR points. I mean, that's just insane. Those are quarterback numbers. Um, and four guys have done it in 
you know, for those that have forgotten the last three weeks, it was the stellar group of Brian Robinson Jr., uh, Raheem Mostert, Devon Achan, and last week, Khalil Herbert. So, you know, there's there's obviously a lot to like about those guys, but they've made them look like Hall of Famers. Uh, 11 total touchdowns for that group. And this is a winnable game for the Jets. And the game that they won, Brees Hall had their biggest impact. Uh, it was week one when he had over 100, 140 total yards. 147, I believe it was. Um, and he looked good last week against the Chiefs. You know, uh, six for 36, I think it was. Um, so trending in the right direction. Got an opportunity to get a full workload. Broncos stink. Good opportunity here. So he's a top 15 running back for me. Yeah, it was uh, six carries for 56. So he's had even better. He's had an 83 yard run, a 43 yard run, and a 20, 26 yard run. Remember what we used to say about Ken Walker last year? That's you know very boomer bust per carry. That's been Brees Hall. He actually um, has the let's see, out of 38 running backs with 30 or more carries, he's 37th in percentage of carries for zero or negative yards. He has the second highest rate of nothing of bad plays. But he also has an 86, 83 yard run and a 43 yard run and a 26 yard run. So let's just give this guy the ball. Do you remember what his numbers were against Denver before he got hurt? I, I don't know specifically, but I know that he was killing Four carries it. for 72 yards yeah. and a touchdown. Wow. <laughs> before he tore his ACL. Yeah. I mean, you just figure like if this guy can get 15 carries, he's probably going to break at least one. Uh, he's I, that's so the thing is like with this no pitch count is, is really encouraging. Does it mean that Dalvin Cook and his $8 million are just going away? Because that's what should happen. Like, if they're legitimately trying to win football games, I think the carries that don't go to Brees Hall should probably go to Michael Carter right now. Well, I, I think part of that narrative, Heath, is um, the reason he was brought in was probably because the quarterback who's not playing wanted right. in there. And as they've found out that without good blocking, he's not making anything happen for them. So there's still offensive line concerns, and I don't want to say Zach Wilson's fixed after just one solid performance against the Chiefs. You know, he's still got a lot of work to do, but this is just a good opportunity for Brees Hall. So... Um, yeah, I, I would say that you're right. Michael Carter should probably be getting those those second opportunities over Dalvin Cook. So we'll see. We'll just see how much that they use somebody else in tandem with Brees Hall. All right. Yeah, Brees Hall is not a top 12 guy. He's 15th for Jamie, and Jamie's the high guy on him. He's 28th for Heath. So you obviously have some workload concerns, I would guess. Yeah, I've uh, and I've boosted him up quite a bit from from where he's been in the rankings. Like he's been an RB thirty five ish kind of guy, and I boosted him up because of the Denver matchup. But I don't know. There's a difference between there's no workload concerns and we're just going to cut the other guys out. There's still been three backs involved in this backfield. Yeah. All right. Who do you love this week, Heath? Who do you love? It's the guy that I had questions about last week. But uh, sheesh, Alvin Kamara. How can you doubt that? Um. No reservations whatsoever unless we get to this week and suddenly Derek Carr can throw downfield. But 14 targets, they did not hold back on him at all. He's a must-start top 10 running back. All right, who are we avoiding this week? Heath, you can start first. Give me an avoid. Um, I shouldn't say Joe Burrow. <laughs> no. No? Everybody knows that one now? Uh, well, I mean... I think so, but you got four players on by, so it's like, I don't know. Okay, well, I, 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 let's just talk to the lengths that I'm willing to go to avoid Joe Burrow. I would start, like Jamie said, Zach Wilson isn't fixed or may not be fixed yet. I'd start Zach Wilson over Joe Burrow this week. Okay. I'd start Josh Dobbs over Joe Burrow this week. 
I would start Sam Howell and CJ Stroud, of course, and Jimmy Garoppolo, assuming he's out of the concussion protocol, and and even Daniel Jones, I would start over Joe Burrow this week. So I'm not even 100% convinced that he's a must-start quarterback in a two-quarterback league. All right, he's at Arizona this week, Joe Burrow. Jamie, who are you avoiding? Uh, I would like to avoid Miles Sanders this week. Um, I, I think you got uh, – some potential lingering injury concerns with the groin problem. I didn't see if, what his practice status was yesterday, but virtual um, clearly not a hundred percent. As we saw last week, first time this season where Tuba Hubbard played more snaps than him in a competitive game against the Vikings. But really this matchup is brutal. I mean, the lions have yet to allow a running back to go over 43 yards rushing. Uh, he's going to have to score. And we haven't seen that from miles Sanders. Uh, he'll have his, his usual, you know, opportunities in the passing game, but I don't think this is going to be a game where you want to start him from a total yardage perspective. So he's outside my top 24, um, I don't love the the setup for him. Like, for example, if you tell me right now, Jonathan Taylor's playing, that's an easy one. I play Taylor over uh, Sanders. And if you said San- Taylor was out, I play Zach Moss over Sanders too. Okay. Uh, we have a live stream tonight to help you set your lineup. It's at 7.30 p.m. Eastern before the Bears-Commanders game. We'll take you pretty much right up until kickoff. Dave Richard and Jacob Gibbs will be joining me. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. You should go there. You should subscribe to our channel. That way you'll be notified whenever we do an episode. You can set that up in your settings. Whenever we do an episode, you can watch our podcast live. You can watch Heath's Dynasty podcast, our DFS podcast. Uh, there's so much great content there. We cut videos up into shorter clips, so if you don't have time to watch watch the whole thing, um, and then you can see if we look like what you thought we looked like based on our voices, which we never do. So anyway, youtube.com slash today. We'll see you tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Your news and notes... Joe Burrow has said that uh, he said after the game, this is the best he has felt after a game. But yeah, he practiced in full last week and thought maybe that was a good sign. So it's, we need to see some more from Burrow, obviously. Kenny Pickett says he'll play this week. Um, Matthew Stafford practiced in full. Derek Carr threw during practice. You know, Heath already alluded to it with Alvin Kamara, but I've you had to kind of see it to believe it. I finally went back and I watched Derek Carr every throw he made. I don't understand what they were doing. I I think they just forfeited the game, basically, by playing him. I think they thought if they can just keep the game low scoring and not let the Bucks score enough <laughs> to yeah. win the game. But he was horrible. It was a very poor offensive game plan. There are yeah. a lot of people questioning well the, the system right now. They might feel justified in their decision considering that Jameis came in through one pass and it was picked off. I Yeah, and Jameis was really... Bad in week three, too. Uh, I get it, but I, he just couldn't throw downfield. And that's a huge question lingering over this game. I mean, every almost every time. He, he made a deep ball throw to Shahid, I think, in the end zone. That was a pretty good throw, was, and it was knocked away. But just how, the, how quickly he was getting the ball out of his hands, how obvious it was they were just Kamara, Kamara, or somebody at the line of scrimmage. It's a question that I'll be asking you soon about Chris Olave, um, you know, how much you can trust him this week. So we'll get to that. Jonathan Taylor is practicing. He has three weeks technically to be activated now that he's off pup. Austin Eckler expects to play in week six. Brees Hall no longer on a pitch count, as you know. Javante Williams mispracticed in that same game. Kyron Williams mispracticed, but it was precautionary. And Saquon Barkley practiced. Are you guys ranking Saquon Barkley yet? Not yet, but the clip I saw of him running looks like he's going to be good to go. So... Okay. You got to make a decision Thursday night, Matt Breida versus those guys, I'd wait. What if it's Saquon Barkley versus those guys? Um, the only, like I, I would start Brian Robinson over Saquon Barkley this week, just given the matchup <laughs> against the Bears. 
Um, What's your question? over Herbert. When you said Matt Breida over those guys, you'd wait. You would start both the Thursday guys over Matt Breida, right? Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, T. Higgins mispracticed. Cooper Cup had a normal practice. Are you ranking Cooper Cup? We have, yeah. You have, okay. I'm so excited uh, to get to potentially get Jonathan Taylor and Zay, and, uh, Zay Jones. No, and Cooper Cup back. And Zay Jones <laughs> next on my list here. I mean, what a great week this could be. This could be so much fun. Uh, Zay Jones. I, I'm was just limited. excited to see how the targets get split up between yeah, yeah. Cup and Puka. Like that's that's really exciting. I I agree, and I mean Puka is off to is he the best start in NFL history? I think it is. I believe it is. I mean, yards-wise, it certainly is. Uh, so it's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, Zay Jones Limited, we'll preview that game. Beckham and Bateman practiced on Wednesday. And Jonathan Mingo was out of the concussion protocol. At tight end, Pat Fryermuth missed practice. Irv Smith for the Bengals, he practiced. Maybe that's what Joe Burrow needs. Jawan Johnson missed practice. And uh, offensive line news here. Uh, Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard practice. Both tackles for the Titans. But Dave has informed me that Titus Howard is going to play left guard. And don't know if they're actually going to play this week. But it seems like the uh, reports are saying that Titus Howard is going to play left guard next to Laramie Tunsil. Um, Pittsburgh left tackle Dan Moore missed practice. I think he's expected to miss some time. The Jaguars are getting Cam Robinson, their left tackle, back from a four-game suspension, but he's not guaranteed to play this week, according to Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson wants to see how Cam Robinson practices before facing the, the Bills. Peter Skaronsky for the Titans, their first-round pick. He uh, practiced. He missed three games after an appendectomy. Baltimore left tackle Ronnie Stanley practiced. Three Giants offensive linemen, including Andrew Thomas, they missed practice. Uh, Patriots guard Cole Strange was limited. He's missed, basically he's played like one and a half games out of four so far, so they could use Cole Strange for New England. And Rams left tackle Joe Noteboom missed practice. On the defensive side, two big ones tonight, Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson, uh, two defensive backs for the Bears. They are out, so that only helps Sam Howell and the receivers there. And safety Jaquan Brisker is questionable for the Bears. Uh, tough news for the Patriots. Christian Gonzalez, a player that I was really enjoying watching, uh, you know, thrown right into the fire. Go shadow Tyreek Hill. Go shadow CeeDee Lamb. And he's out for likely the season. I don't know if that's official, but he has a torn labrum in his shoulder. And they traded for J.C. Jackson from the Chargers, a former Patriot. For the Jets, cornerback D.J. Reed is in the concussion protocol, but Robert Sala is confident he'll play. Eagles cornerback Sidney Brown practiced after missing week four. As if Miami wasn't going to get enough sacks of Daniel Jones already, Jalen Phillips could play this week. Probably maybe their best edge rusher. I know they have Bradley Chubb as well. I, I don't know if I'd call him their best, but anyway, he's very good, Jalen Phillips. Uh, Baltimore cornerback Marlon Humphrey practice. That was good news. Denver's getting help. I don't know how this matters to you, you know, with the Jets, but Denver might be getting significantly healthier. I don't know that all of these guys are going to play, but Justin Simmons, Frank Clark, Josie Jewell, Baron Browning, uh, Mike Purcell, a lot of them key players on defense. They were all limited in practice and hopefully going to play, you know, some of them for the Broncos defense. And uh, Saints getting to, hopefully getting two defensive backs back this week. And Philadelphia defensive tackle Fletcher Cox is unlikely to play uh, with uh, the Rams, come, with a trip to the Rams this week. Okay. I did hope you that say was T. Higgins? Helped. Did you mention T. Higgins? I did, yeah. And I said Zay Jones and his potential return, as we all remember, yes. too. Um, we're super way, excited did, to see uh, it. <laughs> did DJ Reed have the funniest play maybe in NFL history? DJ Reed, I don't know his play. 
Hasted though, right? What was it? I don't he remember it. A thousand miles an hour at Patrick Mahomes and ran right by him. Oh, <laughs> that was it. Was like the Ole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he went for the ball and uh, <laughs> he didn't get it. You didn't see this, Adam? No. Uh, Google it while while you're while we're talking. The next thing. How about Evan Neal blocking Darren Waller? Did you see that play? That was pretty funny too. That was pretty funny, and he, Evan Neal running his mouth was not funny. Good for him. He's, he's not happy with the Giants fans. Like, and Adam, that's you. No, you were there. I didn't boo you him. You were part of the problem. Uh, he should. He deserved. To, I mean, he shouldn't have said the flipping burgers thing. But I, I think fans, fans. I'm never. I'm almost never on the fan side when it comes to that kind of stuff. I will take a break. Right, but just don't, don't antagonize the fans. It doesn't really matter. He's going to get beat like three times anyway. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. Now I feel bad. Because I, I feel bad for the guy, you know. Like it's, I'm always on the fan side, and then proceeds to critique the guy. Yeah, that was so hypocritical, like so hypocritical. I can't believe I just did that. I wish I could edit it out. We'll take a break, and we come back. One question for each game. I'm rooting for you, Evan Neal. Go out there, get it done. Uh, we'll be right back. If you're looking for a podcast adventure, check out Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, a podcast where improvisers and comedians who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Dumb Dumbs and Dragons has been featured on the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast, ranked number two of all fiction podcasts in America, and has been downloaded more than four million times. Dumb Dumbs and Dragons can be discovered anywhere hilarious podcasts can be found. It's like Lord of the Rings, if everyone was an idiot. Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Yeah, all right. Welcome back, everybody. If you recall, I used to say Bonanza for games that I thought were going to be super great for fantasy. And they were always wrong, of course. But uh, then someone, a listener came up with, well, if it's not a bonanza, if you think it's going to be a really bad game for fantasy, it's a Costanza. So my first question is Jets at Broncos, Bonanza or Costanza? Uh, bonanza. I'm going Bonanza and I'm on both sides. I, th- I think um, like there's obviously the fun motivations for Hackett, but I, th- I think you're getting a pretty motivated Russell Wilson as well. I, th- I think, And he's been playing relatively well. I, th- I think both teams put up some points in this game. All right. Green Bay is at Las Vegas. Rank the wide receivers after Devontae Adams. And are any of them must start guys? Heath. Jacoby Myers, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed is how I would rank them. Are any of them must start guys? Uh, I think you're, I'm probably starting Myers in a three wide receiver league. But no, I wouldn't say must start, no. Uh, Who was your first? It was Myers and then it was Watson or Dobbs? Dobbs. Okay. Jamie, how do you rank them? Dobbs is definitely a must start guy, then Myers, then Watson. All right. So you like Dobbs better. Okay. Yes. Um, So does Jordan Love. No, I mean then Myers. Give me a give me a fifteen second ranking dispute. Fifteen seconds for each of you. Jamie, you take take Dobbs. Heath, take Myers. This is so interesting, right? Yeah. Go ahead, Jamie. Uh, Dobbs has twenty five targets in his last two games, coming off a nine catch game, and where Christian Watson was on the field, and the Raiders absolutely stink everywhere on defense, except for Max Crosby. 
Jimmy Garoppolo is winging it down the field. Jacoby Myers' targets are more valuable than Romeo Dobbs' targets. And so they ba- they'll both be in the same target range, but you're going to see more fantasy points for Myers. And also, I've got them separated by two-tenths of a fantasy point. <laughs> I don't have a strong feeling either way. They are like back-to-back. Jacksonville at Buffalo in London. If Zay Jones plays, how would you rank the Jaguars' wide receivers? Kirk Ridley-Jones. Yeah... I think I'm going to stick that way. I just wonder if if what they've seen from Kirk the last couple of weeks has been kind of a reminder of, yeah, we need to play this guy. Um, he's He's been the most reliable Trevor Lawrence option. So I'm really hopeful that Zay Jones doesn't come back and Kirk goes back to 65% snaps. Okay. Uh, Giants at Dolphins. Rank the running backs if Saquon Barkley plays. A-Chan, Barkley, Mostert. I was thinking HN Mostert Barkley, but yeah, HN Mostert Barkley. So if Barkley plays, you're not going to rank him the way you typically would. He will be a top 10 running back. (laughs) Yeah, that's um, and like eventually this thing will get sorted out with the Dolphins. And I think we won't rank them both as top 12 guys. I still have them both as top 12 guys. Um, but right now I think there's enough uncertainty and enough upside for both that they should both be in the top 12. All right. Uh, New Orleans is at New England. Here's my question. How much can you trust Chris Olave given Derek Carr's shoulder injury? I'm trusting him enough that I'm still starting him. You know, like I have a couple of teams where I have, you know, drafted Nico Collins and I'm playing Nico Collins over Chris Olave for this week. But I'm just hopeful that Olave in the leagues where I am starting him without somebody that's playing at a very high level, can he can still get the job done. But, the, you know, look, you got to be concerned after what we saw last week with Kamara coming back with Derek Carr's shoulder. And it's still I know they're, they're down their best pass rusher and arguably the best corner, the Patriots. But it's still a Bill Belichick defense that I'm sure will try and take him away as best they can. Okay. Yeah, top. It's funny because we've seen the, the Patriots kind of do both things this season that I don't know if they're more interested in taking away Kamara because they don't think Carr can throw downfield or if they're going to take away Olave, but I I mostly agree. He's a number two wide receiver, Olave. Tennessee is at Indianapolis. Who do you like better, DeAndre Hopkins or Michael Pittman? I'm not buying Hopkins yet until I see a better game, and I know the matchup is fantastic, but I'm going to take Michael Pittman. I think he bounces back. This, This defense still is very bad in the secondary. Pittman's a low-end number two. Hopkins is a, a mid-range number three. If you're starting three wide receivers, I'm fine starting both, but Pittman's better. Baltimore at Pittsburgh. <clears throat> is there a good start in this game other than the Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson? A good start? Yeah. Um, Justin Tucker? <laughs> Maybe a DST, but in terms of Najee, Warren, uh, Pickens, uh, Zay Flowers... Anybody or just let's avoid Gus Edwards, you know. I mean, at this point, I don't know how you can start Najee over Warren in PPR. He's been better than him. Warren has been better than Najee in PPR in every game this season. Some (laughs) of it by decimal points, but still better. And Pickens, again, you know, he's going to get opportunities, but you have a banged up quarterback against that defense, getting Marlon Humphrey back. Like I'm out on Pickens and for the Ravens, I think Zay Flowers is an okay number three receiver. The secondary has been bad for Pittsburgh. We've seen that. But is it going to be enough opportunities with the other two guys back? So Flowers is the best receiver in this game. 
I still like Pickens over Flowers, but they're and I like Warren over Najee. I think Warren's pretty close to a top twenty-four guy in full PPR. The the targets is tied for the lead or second amongst all running backs and catches this year. Um, he is like, he is top five. He's not he's not quite there, but he's top five. Yeah, uh, good for him. Yeah, he has outscored Najee in full PPR every week. Najee, of course, it's say have to say a lot more likely to get a touchdown if that ever happens for these Pittsburgh running backs. But uh, yeah, I mean Warren, I'm, I have to look by weeks. I've started him in in a league, maybe two. So I'll t- I'll take ten points, you know, from a bye week replacement PPR. Hopefully, a little more. All right, let's go to the games. Oh, by the way, one last question. Like, gosh, how bad? How disappointing are these MLB playoffs? Sweep, 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 sweep. I haven't been disappointed once. Well, they're uh, <laughs> they're they're doing their job. They wanted to get out of the way for Thursday night football. There you go. Uh, Jets at Broncos. Stat of the game. The Jets have allowed four touchdowns to tight ends and only one to wide receivers, which, of course, is not me saying start a Broncos tight end, but it is me questioning how much do we like the Broncos wide receivers against these cornerbacks, assuming DJ Reed plays. Um, I don't love them this week. I think, you know, you got a little bit lucky with Cortland Sutton last week because of the touchdown, and he's been good. I mean, let's give him credit. You know, he scored a touchdown three or four games. He's been over 11 PPR points, I believe, in all of them. Um, but he's going to see, you know, very good secondary. So is Jerry Judy. So it's going to be interesting to see how creative Russell Wilson is and Sean Payton is in this game. I agree with Heath. You're starting Russell Wilson, but he's barely inside the top 12 for me. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a challenge. I think it's going to be a game where they, they can run on the Jets, and I think that's why you like Jaleel McLaughlin this week because of the opportunity. So I think the running backs in the passing game will matter. There probably will be some fluky Adam Troutman or whoever their new backup tight end is, you know, catching a touchdown this week. But I agree with you, Adam. You can't start him. But yeah, you got to be a little bit concerned about the the receivers for the Broncos this week. I I don't want to discount the Jets' pass defense. They're really, really good. Um, But I'm still starting Cortland Sutton. I've got confidence in Russ. Sutton's been so good so far this season. And the Jets have played two good wide receivers this season. CeeDee Lamb and Stephon Diggs. And they both scored 25 or 26 fantasy points. Yeah, they did have huge games. Uh, other guys, Gabe Davis had a terrible game. The Chiefs wide receivers were terrible. The Patriots. The Chiefs wide receivers, wide receivers are terrible. Yeah, right. The Patriots wide receivers are terrible. Don't like don't, who have they had good games against? Rasheed Rice. All right, don't let Jacob Gibbs hear you say that. You know, you know. No, I'm I'm with <laughs> Jacob Gibbs. As soon as Rasheed Rice can learn enough of the offense to play more than half the steps, he's exciting. Yeah, it'd be nice. Um, all right, so you like Sutton better than Judy. Uh, how about DeAndre Hopkins as a reference point? Would you start the Broncos guys over Hopkins? Yes. Definitely Sutton. I, I have Judy and Hopkins in a very similar range, but yes, Hopkins over or Judy over Hopkins too. All right. Um, yeah, so staying on the Broncos here, I was a little surprised that you guys had Wilson in your top 12, and Heath, you have him eighth. You have him ahead of Jared Goff, who's at home this week, right? Against the Panthers? I think I have them back-to-back, one yeah. one direction or the other, I think. Yeah, all right. Uh, you have Wilson 8, Goff 9, what I'm looking at now. Jordan Love, Justin Fields, Lauren. I mean, that was that's a pretty big vote of confidence for Wilson here, who, yeah, he's been good, you know, I would say. If if I wanted to pull Coles in that, I would say the Hail Mary against Washington and, and, the, and the fact that he played the Bears. Other than that, you know, he hasn't really been that good, but that's... That's just kind of 
me playing devil's advocate for the sake of it, but I don't know. I, I was surprised that all three of you had Russell Wilson in your top 12. Uh, I ahead. mean, well, again, I mean, like, you, yeah, it's, it's, you can, you can make the argument, Sam Howell and Brock Purdy, you know, Howell with the matchup Purdy's been, you know, I don't know, it's right there with Russell Wilson, but he's also had very good fantasy production as well to start the season. And his numbers at home have been good. And that, that game is projected, I think to have a higher score. So if you're looking at point totals, um, but yeah, I think you got to give Russ some credit for the way that he's performed. Okay. Sean, Sean think, Payton loses this game. It's going to be a nightmare for him after all those yeah. crap he said about Nathaniel Hackett. I'm rooting against it, Sean Payton. I'm rooting for Nathaniel Hackett. Heath, go ahead. Get your point in. I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. It's just, you got to remember, like, Justin Herbert's on a bye. We don't want to start Dak against the 49ers. Joe Burrow doesn't currently exist in his normal form. You can't start Trevor Lawrence over Russ, or I can't at least. So, um, yeah, that's... It's a little yeah. bit of a tough week. All right. Yeah, but like the guys that you mentioned, like I like well, I like love better, I like off better. I think they're just better situations this week. Uh Denver running backs. So you said Jaleel McLaughlin, you like him. I guess Jamie, you're right now assuming that Javante will not play this week. I mean, the fact that he left the game last week and didn't practice on Wednesday, not a good sign. Right. So at this point, you should be assuming that McLaughlin and Samaj P run are going to share touches, and it's just a matter of how they're going to split them up. So Playing time was favored for Samaj P. Ryan. Production clearly is favored Julian McLaughlin uh, from last week, at least. So I think P. Ryan's a good flex. I think McLaughlin you can buy into as a number two running back for this week, and it's an opportunity for him to build off you know what what we saw with ten total touches, over hundred total yards, scored a touchdown. He's got the only two touchdowns for the Broncos running backs this season. So I, I hope there's more of that to come. Because of the playing time and the fact that P. Ryan's seen so many more targets. Um, I actually have P. Ryan projected higher. McLaughlin ranked one spot higher, but I, I think they're both low-end number two running backs. Would you guys start Jameer Gibbs or McLaughlin? McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Would you start Damian Pierce at Atlanta or McLaughlin? McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Would you start uh, Cortland Sutton or McLaughlin? McLaughlin. Sutton. Sutton. All right, so we talked about the Denver wide receivers. Let's go over to the other side of the ball. Zach Wilson coming off one of his best games. I believe his fifth best game, fourth most fantasy points he's ever scored, 23.2, and he's never had back-to-back 20 fantasy point games. Is this going to be the week that Zach Wilson has back-to-back fantasy point games for the first time in his career, or 20-point fantasy point games in his first time in his career? Ooh. I'm going to say no, but not because he struggles. I think it's because we're going to get a lot of Brees Hall. All right. The Denver Broncos allow the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So, Brees Hall, you guys, well, we've already talked about this. Jamie likes him a lot more than Heath does. Rewind back to players we love if you want to hear about Brees Hall. Um, Heath, I know Jamie's answer is Hall. Heath, are you starting McLaughlin and P. Ryan over Hall right now? I am right now, yes. All right. Starter sit Garrett Wilson, who actually has 14.4 or more fantasy points in three of four games. He also should have had a 30-yard touchdown catch. He he abused Legereus Sneed on that play, uh, and Garrett Wilson, uh, Zach Wilson, missed him. Starters at Garrett Wilson, Heath. Pretty close to a must-start wide receiver for me. It feels like he's he's overcome. The offense is trending in the right direction, and it's a bad defense. So I, I he's a top-12 guy for me. Yep, top-10 for me. Any concerns about Patrick Sertan shadowing him and taking him out of the game? Has there been a number-one receiver to struggle against the Broncos this year? Yes. DJ Moore. Devontae Adams had six catches no, for 66 yards. Yeah. DJ. So DJ Moore. So I, I did go back and watch all of the routes and he had eight catches, 131 yards and a touchdown. 
on nine targets against Sertan. He had three catches for 52 yards. So he did. Most and I think that's damage. kind of the point, right? He's not like Wilson's not going to see Sertan on every play. Right. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's a bye week. We need some replacements. How are we feeling about Tyler Conklin against the Broncos who are 26th against tight ends? He's, he's in the top 15, you know, and, and if you want to get, I, I guess, risky, I don't, I don't know how risky it is, but you want to start him over Dallas Goddard or George Kittle or Kyle Pitts, I, I don't know if I can make a strong argument against it because he's been more productive than those guys, at least consistently. So, yes, it's a good matchup, and yes, he's playing moderately well from a production standpoint, but he's been five targets, six targets, five targets, and four catches, five catches, four catches, you know, so lost a touchdown to CJ Uzama. Uh, they're using Jeremy Ruckert as well. And then you're still trusting Zach Wilson to make all these things work. So there's a little bit of things working against him. But yeah, it's a good matchup, good opportunity. So I know for me in one league uh, where I stupidly, because of roster, Superflex League, roster construction situation, dropped Jake Ferguson. I've been chasing tight ends ever since I didn't mm-hmm. draft a, a good tight end to begin with. Um, I was third on waivers. Cole Komet and Jaleel McLaughlin were both available. I thought, okay, at least maybe get a shot at I thought I'd get Komet, and both those were the first two waiver claims in that league. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm playing Tyler Conklin. <laughs> All right, Grug. Oh, by the way, start a DST in this game or no? Um, you can take a chance, I guess, on the Broncos if you want to bet against Zach Wilson being Zach Wilson or bet on Zach Wilson being Zach Wilson, but I would try to avoid it. These defenses have certainly not shown to play at the level that we thought that they were going to, right. you know, especially in good matchups for the Broncos. All right. Let's go to Monday night. Green Bay at Las Vegas. The Raiders have lost three games in a row. They allowed 38 points to Buffalo, 23 to Pittsburgh, 24 to the Chargers. Stat of the game, uh-oh. Josh Jacobs' longest run this year is 10 yards. In fact, he has now gone nine straight games dating back to last season without a run longer than 18 yards, and Jacobs has gone seven straight games without a run longer than 12 yards. That is wild. Here's the good and the bad news. The Packers have allowed the second most running back carries of 10 or more yards. But oddly enough, they have not allowed a single running back carry of 20 or more yards. They're one of six teams who has not given up a truly big play to a running back. So again, I was a little surprised. I mean, certainly I knew we were going to talk about Josh Jacobs as a start, must-start guy, but you guys have him third. All three of you, I think, have him third overall. I thought that was a little high for someone who's struggled as much as he has. A little high. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was a top five running back last year. He looked like he regained his form last week. Was it what no, top five guy last week? Yeah, and he the Packers was. Haven't been good as a run defense. I think he's a, he's an easy start. He was. He's he, top he five in running Kansas. back targets per game, which I think will continue no matter who the quarterback is. Um, he's going to get you know the majority of the work in a in a matchup that I think is still favorable. And this Packers run defense, while Yes, some things suggest better. Just allowed a three touchdown game to David Montgomery, you know. So there's there's plenty of opportunities here for Jess Jacobs to have some success with Jimmy Garoppolo back. Let's talk about that philosophically here. When you look at what David Montgomery did against the against the Packers last week, yes, he did score three touchdowns. Um, what was the final number? Thirty two carries, one hundred and twenty one yards, three touchdowns. Jameer Gibbs had eight carries for 40 yards. But it's just a question of, like, how much does that actually matter? Does that show 
that the Packers were bad against the run. I mean, I would argue that it does not show that. I mean, they, they did a good job against Montgomery for the most part. Montgomery did score the touchdowns, but but it's not like they struggled. It's not like they got torn up by Montgomery. Well, I think that, the, that that's the difference. Like, watching the game, they they did get torn up by David Montgomery. They could not get off the field. I, I understand that, like, four, four yards per carry or 4.2 or whatever is kind of a benchmark where we determine – successful or unsuccessful but he was just continually picking up first downs and then getting into the end zone Mm -hmm. and they were dominating the Packers so I I do think that that he kind of dominated them he he, you know what he was really great in the second half he he really wore them down um all right it was more of a a physical no I mean look you don't want to compare you know one one game script to the next and and they're different kind of players but I think that's what also benefits Josh Jacobs is He's going to catch passes. He's going to work in the passing game, you know, and it's look, this is, this is an interesting game for him because he's going to get a better quarterback, get better quarterback play because Aiden O'Connell struggled. He's at home in a game that I don't, I don't think they're going to win, but they have a chance to win. They're favored uh, or no, they're, 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 they're underdogs. I'm sorry. Um, but they have a chance to win. And, the the work that he's getting while still probably getting his legs under him is is the most encouraging part. Mm-hmm. And, okay, and I do want to say because since I won't talk about David Montgomery this week, there was there's a clip on Twitter and I know who shared it, Matt Harmon of uh, him talking to Austin Eckler, and it's Eckler talking about why David Montgomery is playing so much more than Jameer Gibbs and the things that David Montgomery does really well that don't necessarily show up in yards per carry. Um, it, it was really interesting just about like why. Eckler praising David Montgomery. That's all right. That's interesting. Um, all right. Jordan Love, top 10 for you guys coming off a bad performance that bad for him was 19.6 fantasy points. He's been running the ball a little bit, so scored a rushing touchdown. So you guys like him. The uh, the Raiders are giving up the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks as far as the running backs go. Um, again, I was surprised by the ranking of Aaron Jones. He was lower than I thought. I mean, I, honestly, I would have thought that you'd have Jones ranked higher than Jake. Well, I don't know about that, but close at least. But he's not even in your top 15. He's top 10 for Dave, unless you guys have moved Aaron Jones up. But, I mean, that doesn't even scream total must start for me, like Kyron Williams and um, Brees Hall maybe for Jamie. The Dolphins. The Dolphins, guys. Why, why not hire on Aaron Jones? Uh, for me, I need to see that he's back from this hamstring problem, you know, and and playing like Aaron Jones. I, I mean, I I don't know how many people have Aaron Jones that are sitting him. So yes, if you have Kyron Williams, you have Brees Hall, you have Devon Achan, you can make certain certain arguments for, the, you know, if you don't play flex to to bench him. But I I just need to see it first to to put him at yeah. that at, at that level. Like you're still yeah. again still still, still top yeah. top fifteen guy. All right, I, I've probably spent a lot of time, way too much time talking about the players that everyone's going to start. So let's talk about the other ones here. Uh, Heath uh, and Jamie have Romeo Dobbs ranked ahead of Christian Watson. As you heard earlier, Heath has Myers ahead of Dobbs and Jamie has, but barely, basically tied. And Jamie has Dobbs ahead of Watson. So um, where Jamie is Romeo Dobbs, and where are Romeo Dobbs, Myers, and Watson in your rankings this week? Dobbs is in, in the top 20. Myers is uh, right around 23, 24, 25 in that range, depending on the format. Uh, Watson's just inside the top 30. Let's not I forget. Think I'm just a little. Packers here. <laughs> this, this may be a 20 target <laughs> game for Devontae Adams. 
Why <laughs> you're right? I um. Uh, oh yes, I, I I I'm a little bit lower on all of them. Dobbs and Myers, I think, just uh, twenty eight, twenty nine <laughs> range. Watson just barely inside the top forty. Jamie, are you starting Brees Hall over all these running back or wide receivers? Uh yes, yes, I am. Heath, are you starting Brees Hall over any of these wide receivers? Definitely over Watson. Um, and in half PPR over over Myers and Dobbs as well. Full PPR, I'd still go with Dobbs and Myers. Starter sit Luke Musgrave if he plays. Sit. Probably a sit, but he's in that Conklin range for me. I think, and I, I need to look at this, but I know the first few weeks of the season, the Raiders were just not letting people get the big plays against them and teams were peppering them with underneath targets, which is another reason I'm concerned about Christian Watson. I'm not sure if that's continued the last couple of weeks. I want to make sure it has, but that's kind of been their defensive strategy early in the year. Uh, the Raiders. Okay. Yeah, no, I have on the Packers. I don't think I have that on the Raiders. No, actually the Packers have allowed the fifth most receptions of 20 plus yards, I believe. Uh, no, 20 plus air yards. They've allowed the fourth most completions of 20 or more air yards. Uh, all nine of those completions were to wide receivers. That's the Packers, which sets up nicely, I think, for Garoppolo because Heath, as you mentioned, and I read it in your in your story, that he's, what is he, the leading in air yards per pass attempt, Jimmy Garoppolo? He's heaving the ball downfield. Maybe even more impressive than that because the narrative, and I think probably rightly, I don't want to say the narrative like it was wrong, was that Jimmy Garoppolo not only wouldn't throw deep, but was super inaccurate. He leads in completed air yards ah, per attempt. Gotcha. So it's not it's not just attempted it. It's not just like they're making him throw deep and he can't do it. He's hitting Myers and Adams 15 to 20 yards deep regularly. All right. So Is this the first game that they're going to have their secondary healthy since week one with Butler and Alexander playing? Probably. Maybe week two. I don't know. But Alexander's missed two in a row. All right, Jamie's nervous about Garoppolo. He has him 23rd. Heath's more optimistic. He has him 16th. And I think we can wrap up on this game now. Packers DST. Dave likes them. Heath and Jamie, not so much. Uh, let's go to Jacksonville at Buffalo here. This game, of course, in London. Didn't have a great stat of the game, but here's one. The Jaguars are 28th in third down conversion rate. And that is a storyline that you keep seeing, you know, keep hearing about it for Jacksonville. They're just, stay, they can't stay on the field. They cannot convert on third down. Uh, anywho, um, Trevor Lawrence this week or Brock Purdy? Who do you like? Uh, I've gone back and forth on this. I still would take Lawrence, but it would not surprise me if Purdy's better. I'll take He's Lawrence. All right, so they're very close. He's taking Lawrence. And uh, Lawrence or Dak? Lawrence. Oh, Lawrence, easy. <sighs> okay, Travis Etienne or James Cook? Who's the best running back in this game? Uh, I'll take Cook in PPR, Etienne and none. I've got Etienne, but they're both mustards. So how are we feeling about Calvin Ridley? Big it's week. very interesting without uh, Tredavis White there, you know. So how this is all going to unfold? And you know, look, the Bills have been very solid defensively for the majority of the season. Getting Von Miller back would would change some things, I think, for this pass rush in, in a positive way for them and a negative way for Jacksonville. And so, Ridley's a borderline number two receiver, just on the cusp of a number two and number three guy. Yeah, it's big, big week. Um... Be nice to see him score a touchdown where he's not just 
standing in the end zone and the defender seemingly forgot about him. Yeah. Thank God for that play. I mean, this completely saved him. Otherwise, we'd have a one-target game. Um, how, all right. And would you start um, Jaleel McLaughlin or Calvin Ridley? Oh, boy, that's a good one. I'd probably go with McLaughlin if there's no Javante Williams at this point. I'll go with Ridley. Would you start Jacoby Myers or Calvin Ridley? They are essentially back-to-back for me with Ridley, like one or two spots higher. I'll go Ridley. Christian Kirk or Jacoby Myers? Kirk. Kirk. Kirk's ahead of Ridley. Okay. Christian Kirk, uh, right, that's right. I forgot about that. For you, he is. For Jamie, he's not. Uh, okay. Three straight games with 15.5, 15.4 or more fantasy points for Christian Kirk. Two of those three coming without Zay Jones. And uh, the Bills so well, far. One of them, Jones, got hurt. Right, so kind of like all three of them. Right. Uh, the Bills so far giving up the six fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, but obviously huge injury to their secondary with Tredavious White last week. Uh, on Buffalo side, Josh. Oh, Ingram is a must start. He's top five. Josh Allen must must start. James Cook at this point, you're starting him. And um, Gabe Davis. How do we feel about him? Three to four targets in three of four games, and three straight games with a touchdown. Starters at Gabe Davis. He is a high end number three receiver, which is where he'll probably be every week. So <laughs> play this on a loop. If you don't have three wide receivers you want to start, start Gabe Davis. Maybe he'll score a touchdown. <laughs> uh, would you start Brian Robinson or Gabe Davis in full PPR? Brian Robinson's a top five running back for me this week. so I would He's a Brian top Robinson. 15 running back for me. So, yeah, he's a, he's way, well ahead of Gabe Davis. How about Khalil Herbert? Like, does Gabe Davis even catch more passes than no, Brian Robinson? No, I was going to say, yeah, I don't even, full PPR, <laughs> it's not even an advantage for him, for Gabe Davis. He's a non-PPR guy. Yep. Uh, Khalil Herbert or Gabe Davis? Uh, Khalil Davis. Khalil Herbert. I'll go, I'll go Herbert. Uh, okay, here's a tough one. Jalen Warren or Gabe Davis? I will go with Gabe Davis. Warren and PPR Davis and none. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> any interest in Dalton Kincaid? 75% rostered as of yesterday. This is the week. Is it? <laughs> I'm just going to say it every week. <laughs> yeah, 25% uh, target share last very week. Very similar range to, to uh, Tyler Conklin. Yep. The Bills have won three straight games by, gosh, like how much? Like 20 or more points? They're, they've slaughtered three straight opponents. I have it somewhere in my notes. I don't know if it really matters. but Yes, they beat the Raiders handily. They destroyed the Commanders, and then they beat the Dolphins by 20. Yeah, crazy. It might have been like 28 or more points in all three games. Um, all right, we'll take a break. When we come back, game of the week. We'll see. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. New CBS Monday. NCIS is back. We need all hands on deck. So grab your gear. NCS! And join our elite team. What are the charges? Murder. New cases to be solved. Double tap to the chest. Same caliber as the murder weapon. And new criminals to catch. That's the bomb maker. Where's the bomb? A new NCIS, Monday, 9, 8 central, on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Yeah, your game of the week. Giants at Dolphins. Stat of the game. Um, tell me if you... Uh, let's take kind of a longer-term approach here. Uh, that was a joke. It's not the game of the week. Or I would have played the song. The Dolphins were eighth in pass rate last year in Tua's healthy games. They're 21st this year. So, is does Jalen Waddle... You know, Dave was talking about him being a fourth-round value right now. And I was saying I'm trying to make offers for him. Am I overvaluing him? Am I missing something here? A big story that the Dolphins are going to be more run heavy, much more run heavy than they were last year? It's a risk that I didn't think was a risk before the season. But I don't think it's been a large enough sample size to assume that's just the way that it's going to be. Um, If the Dolphins keep averaging seven yards per carry, which they probably won't, but they might against shell coverage, then teams are going to have to adjust and they're going to be able to throw a little bit more. Um, but so, yeah, I, I do think that's a risk for Jalen Waddle. And we knew that coming in. Like if something happened to Tua, it was a it was a risk for Waddle, but not for Hill. If they go more run heavy, it's a risk for Waddle, but not for Hill. Tyreek Hill's getting his. I, I think, again, you know, just to go back to what we talked about on Wednesday show, that there's a huge buy-low opportunity on Jalen Waddle. Because there are going to be some big games. There are going to be some of these big plays that we saw last year. There's going to be, you know, some situations where he's better than Tyreek Hill. And you want that. You want that type of potential. You want that type of upside. And so do it today. Because if he has a big game this week, which he's certainly capable of, we've seen this Giants defense enough. And at some point, there's going to be a squeaky will game coming. Like you're going to miss out on that. You're not going to be able to get him cheap. So make some offers for Jalen Waddle. And look, it would not be surprising if he has a top 10 finish. As far as the Giants go, sit Daniel Jones, sit, I'm guessing, sit Wandale Robinson. Not interested in him. He's somebody you want to stash just to see, again, that the, the 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 production is starting to pick up. The the playing time is starting to pick up. There's a lot to like about his, you know, potential. But this whole Giants offense is just a mess. You know, it's just like start to pare down some of these receiving options. I, I, I know Brian Dable, I'm sure, is trying to make everybody happy, but nothing's working right now. So get your best playmakers on the field. Get Darren Waller some targets. Give him some opportunities. Get Saquon Barkley back, and let's see what what sort sort of thing sort sort what sort of offense you can salvage from this uh, disaster. I I was surprised because I don't ever bid enough to get guys on waivers. Apparently, so I spent a lot of time looking at who everybody else dropped to see if I could find somebody there that I want. And I actually saw I think Wandale drop just about as much as I saw him added. People had added him speculatively, and I guess were already disappointed. And I'd like to stash him. But no chance I'd start him. Right. I dropped him in one league. You, you might have seen me drop him, Heath, but it was for Michael Wilson, you know, just to right. swap out potential upside type players. And I think, yeah, I think Wilson has more upside for sure. Well, I know Robinson is a 4.3 yard A dot right now. So he's just catching passes and not doing too much else. Um, Darren, okay, anyway, uh, by the way, the Giants said they're going to get Sterling Shepard more playing time this week. Good. But they, I know, right? But they also said that they need to get Darren Waller the ball. So, uh, he's been horrible. Six point six or fewer points in three or four games. Starter sit. Uh, well, I see so you guys have him as a start, but is there anyone that you would have picked up off waivers that you'd start over Darren Waller this week? Uh, not Cole Komet. Um, not Jake Ferguson. 
Ertz. Those would be the only two. Who? Ertz. No. Uh, well, I mean, you might have picked him up on waivers a, a week or two ago, but Sam Laporta for sure. Okay. Yeah. I have those two in one league, and I'm first in a dynasty league. First time starting Laporta over Waller. Okay. Uh, Barkley, where would you rank Barkley if he plays? Top 10. That's right. Yeah. Eight, eight to 10. All right. I'm nervous. Uh, and if Barkley doesn't play, where would you rank Brita? 30? Uh, top 150. <laughs> no, I mean, give the guy credit, right? He's come through, sort of. He's got eight catches in the last two games. He scored a touchdown against San Francisco. He had 78 he would total be yards. in the top 36, you know, flex option if you're desperate. Would you start it? Would you put rank Brita ahead of Jalen Warren? No. No. All right. Uh, for the Dolphins, start Tua. Is he an easy start this week? Or are you worried about they blow him out and, you know, run the ball? To, right? I, again, like, who are you starting over Tua? Anthony Richardson? Yes, no. I would do that. It's fair. I would not. Okay. Kirk Cousins? Yep. Yeah. You would? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Miami running back. Yeah, you give us suggestions to start over Tua. <laughs> What'd you say? I'm kidding. Like I said, oh yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you really wait. You're starting cousins over Tua? E, I think so. Let me check. No, I might have Tua one spot higher, oh, no, no. but I shouldn't. You're I not. would start Tua over Richardson too. Tua is Tua is fourth for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, right now I'm seeing Tua as quarterback two for Heath. I don't know if that's going to change. Mahomes one, Tua two. Um, okay. Cousins, yeah. Cousins four. They're they're both top five. Um, I actually have. I was looking at projections. I actually have Cousins ahead in the projections. I'm not okay. No. All right. All right. Two, two, two was right behind the big three of Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts. So we already said uh, that the both Dolphins running backs are top twelve. I guess my question is: I get it with Achan. Why for Mostert? I mean, look. Prior to last week, he was amazing, and so you know, did did the. Torch get passed is now HN the number one running back because he had more playing time. And it makes some sense. You know, he's been explosive and maybe they feel more comfortable giving him a, a full workload. But I think at this point, you still got to buy into him being the the lead guy, you know, even if it's just in name only. But it's a good matchup. He's going to get work. It's a it's a favorable, you know, point spread where you expect the Dolphins to be playing with a lead. So I would play HN over Mostert. But I would try and play both if you can. All right. Yeah, I mean, he's had 12 targets over the last two weeks, even with HN exploding. Yeah. And they didn't really go away with, I mean, a little bit maybe, but with Waddle coming back last week, Mostert still had uh, three. Yeah, I mean, I guess they did kind of go away. He had seven catches without Waddle against Denver, and he had three with Waddle at Buffalo. We had seven targets and then five. Okay. He just didn't catch all of his targets this time. Uh, they also didn't really have the ball that much, I think, against... Um, yeah, they did. All right, New Orleans at New England. Stat of the game. The Patriots allowed three rushing touchdowns to running backs in all of 2022. They've allowed four already this year in four games. But honestly, they have been a pretty tough matchup. The only running back that's really done well against the Patriots was Mostert. And we remember the way that they were covering, that they were defending the Dolphins, kind of setting up Mostert for a big game there. So um, you guys, even with that said, you know, Kamara... Heath, you said you loved him earlier. Easy start, easy call. Yeah. Just put him in there. All right. Top 10 running back. Top okay. five in PPR. So who uh, who do we have? Two easy starts in this game? 
because you're going to you're going to go back to Olave and then Richard uh, Stevenson and Michael Thomas would be kind of question marks is that what you're seeing this yeah. week? I mean I would try and sit Stevenson if you can and I would try and sit uh Thomas if you can you know so we saw the downside for Michael Thomas last week again similar to Olave but there's much more upside and potential with Olave but Kamara back targets were down catches were down Carr struggling with his shoulder injury so we thought that might benefit Thomas just in terms of you know the routes that he runs and safe, easy target. But I still don't want to trust him this week. You know, you, you have no touchdowns on the season. You've been kind of living in that 11 PPR point range without Kamara on the field. And then you saw the downturn, nine, whatever it was, PPR points, but under 10. So he's an easy guy to get away from. Stevenson, I think, again, another buy low candidate. And hopefully this is something that helps Mac Jones with some easy throws. But the the passing game work is cratered. The rushing production has been inconsistent. They're still playing Ezekiel Elliott too much. And the Saints run defense has been fantastic. So I'm not going to trust Stevenson this week if I can avoid it. So who are some guys you'd start over him? How about a Broncos wide receiver or Ramondre Stevenson? Uh, yeah, Sutton over Stevenson. I, I would start four Broncos over Stevenson. <laughs> uh, Sutton, Judy, McLaughlin, wow. and P. Ryan. P. Ryan? I mean, Piran has been so bad. Did his role change after Javante left? Because I really don't think it did. I think his role is kind of locked into what it is. The The hope would be is that if the receivers can't get open, which is certainly a question mark in this matchup, is that an outlet for Russell Wilson to finally lean on? The, the Jets have been a pretty strong funnel towards tight end and running back targets. Um, and Piran has three times as many targets as McLaughlin this year. No, that's not fair. Yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> you have to compare him to Javante, I think. What's that? I think you have to compare the targets to Javante's They're targets. about even. Yeah. No, but look, I mean, I would say if Javante were playing, I would expect very little from Samaj P. Ryan just because he's done nothing, really. But it maybe P. Ryan has a bigger role. Maybe they're not ready to just give McLaughlin the, you know, the ma- the, uh, more of the carries. It's possible. Uh, yeah, it has been a tough matchup, though. The Saints run defense for Ramondre Stevenson. They're giving up 3.6 yards per carry to running backs. They faced Derrick Henry, Miles Sanders, A.J. Dillon, and Rashad White. If, uh, if he could average 3.6, that'd be almost a full yard better than what he's averaging this season. <laughs> and, and Henry had the best game against them. They haven't allowed a touchdown to running back yet this year. And he had uh, just over 13 PPR points, but he had 56 receiving yards that game. Yeah. Well, I forgot about Hunter Henry. How do you feel about Hunter Henry? So did Mac Jones. Um, <laughs> I think he's back in the top 12 conversation with the teams on a bye. He should have had a touchdown last week. Mac Jones missed him in the back of the end zone when he was open. So you just know what you're getting. I don't know if he's strictly touchdown or bust because, again, you go back to those first two games, you take away the two scores, he still was averaging 10.5 PPR points per game. But he's in that Cole Komet, Jake Ferguson, slightly ahead of Tyler Conklin group. So you just got to hope that there's there's some some better – catchable passes in his direction. And I, I've got him a little bit higher than that just because, like, I think even if you took Hunter Henry's touchdowns away, he's probably been, or took everybody's touchdowns away, he's probably been better than Waller, Kittle, um, Goddard, Pitts, oh, yeah. all those guys. So, so I don't, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I agree. I, I would start him over those guys too. And, and the one thing to that is positive, Marcus Mays now missed two games with the suspension. And in those two games, K-Dotten scored last week. And I believe somebody else the week before had a good game against them from a tight end. Uh, Luke Musgrave had six catches for 49 yards. Yeah, so 
That's pretty much what Hunter Henry does. Hunter Henry has the seventh most yards among tight ends. It's Sam Laporta, Evan Ingram, TJ Hawkinson, Cole Komet, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry. That's your top seven in yards. Uh, Andrews is eighth. He's only played three games. Jonu Smith has only played three games, by the way. (laughs) And he's sixth in yards. That's wild. Um, Okay, so you're saying you would start Henry over Waller? I would not start him over Waller, but I would start him over Kittle and Goddard. Okay. I would, I've got him ahead of Waller. Okay. Uh, that's it for that game. Saints defense, you can start against the Patriots. Two more games, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to Tennessee at Indianapolis. That of the day, of the game, that of the game. Not a, It's really not a great one. Four games played so far for the Titans. Five wide receivers have 80 or more yards. They are Shahid Olave, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Amari Cooper. Jamar Chase had, I think, 73 yards. Um, so the good wide receivers have done pretty well. Pittman, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of it. I mean, last week was such a such a wake-up call. Because Richardson threw, what, like 20 passes or something? And that was always my concern. He threw, yeah, 25 in an overtime game. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. You can't be feeling great about Pittman going into this, right? I, for the most part, and I think it depends on where you were. Like, you were skeptical, so it's like, oh, there it is, the thing. And for the most part, if a guy has one of those games out of four, I'm mostly just, okay, maybe I'll downgrade him a little bit because of that risk, but he's still a top 20 wide receiver for me this week. Same. Yeah, and I have him in one league, and I'm starting him. I'm not super down on Pittman. I think he's going to be better than I thought, but... uh I'm just not. I don't. I'm not like thrilled to start him this week. Even even in it, which is, you know, it's Tennessee. So you usually love starting wide receivers against Tennessee, but he's not really doing anything downfield. They they target him downfield a lot last week, and the connection just wasn't there between him and Richardson. Uh, but the A dot's mostly been pretty low for Pittman. We'll see if he can get downfield. Um, he had like a 16 yard A dot in Week Four. Before that, it was super low. All and right. no no surprise, even with some crappy quarterbacks, he's got a good history against Titans too. Is there any scenario where you're starting a a Colts running back over Derrick Henry? No, no. Okay. Even they say also John- this should be the game. This should be the game of the week. This uh, playing for first place <laughs> in the division, Jonathan Taylor's first game back. This is an exciting, important game. Yeah, it doesn't really have game of the week. The Titans, I really don't think, could be involved in the game of the week. But the uh, over under forty three. Yeah. Yeah, I know you guys don't love DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, Heath, you said you're okay with him, right? He's all in number three. Richardson is fifth for Jamie and Heath. Start him. Oh, uh, Cousins or Richardson? Richardson. Cousins. And I started the show. That's, by the way, it's always six point per pass and touchdown leagues for us, I'm sure, in four point. You both would take Richardson over Cousins. Yes. Uh, I started the show with a how do you approach the Colts running backs situation. So I don't want to repeat it too much. You can give me quick thought on it. If you want a more in-depth take on it, just go to the pretty much the very beginning of the show. But Jamie, the Colts running backs against this Titans defense go. Jonathan Taylor is a low end starter or flex at best. Again, with what Shane Steichen said that they're going to rotate him in speaks to Zach Moss still having a role. We really haven't seen that since week one of a shared situation in this backfield. So who knows if Shane Steichen is just giving coach speak. But I think the fact that we have not seen Jonathan Taylor since week 15, no training camp, no preseason, 
missed the first four games. There's going to be some rust, and this matchup is brutal. I know they've gotten away with playing some backup running backs, but the Titans' run defense even last year was really good, so I would be a little bit cautious with Jonathan Taylor this week. Yeah, anything else here? These are kind of easy teams. And we'll keep an eye yeah. on the running back situation as it unfolds. Uh, last game, Baltimore's at Pittsburgh. Kind of weak stat of the game because I couldn't really find anything good here. Lamar Jackson has thrown to tight ends. Uh, just looking at weeks two, three, four, when Mark Andrews played. Uh, 25.9% of his throws have gone to tight ends. That is a career low for Lamar Jackson. Uh, in 2020, it was 28.9%. In 2021, it was 27%, which is only 1% higher than it is now. But uh, last year, he threw to tight ends 42.3% of the time. So it's a career low, and that's without Bateman and Beckham for most of most of it. They don't matter to Mark Andrews at all. Okay, that's fine. Just throwing it out there. Like I said, I, I, I would say it's, good. it's a career low. It's also... I don't know where it ranks currently, but if it's that number at the end of the year, it will rank in the top three or four in the NFL. Uh, this could actually be a legit start of the game. Pittsburgh allows the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers. They've mostly, you look who's killing them, though. It's kind of these bigger outside receivers in some cases, right? It's Ayuk, Cooper, Adams, Jacoby Myers, who's an outside receiver now, Nico Collins, just destroying Pittsburgh. So I don't know what that means, Jamie, for for Zay Flowers. That's not that's not his uh, not his type of of uh, he's not that type of player. No, but I think you're still looking at him as a number three receiver for fantasy managers. So not a must start play by any stretch. But this is a chance for I think if they can protect Lamar Jackson to get his passing production up a little bit and maybe see what this Todd Monken office looks like, or it's just we're just going to get our win and go home and try and establish ourselves as the best team in the AFC North. So it's an interesting game. You know, Pittsburgh, typically we've seen this before when their backs are against the wall, their defense shows up and makes a lot of plays. Um, they are getting healthy for for Baltimore, you know, in terms of the offensive line mostly. So I, I think if you're just looking at Flowers, if he's been in your lineup as a number three receiver, you, you start him again. If you have some better options, then you can pivot away from it. But I don't really worry about Bateman and, and Beckham coming back. I think he's still going to be the guy that they try to get going in this matchup. Can, can you make a case for Gus Edwards against the Steelers? Steelers' run defense has been really bad, which isn't a surprise without Cameron Hayward. They're giving up 4.86 yards per carry to running backs. Um, it's, I would say inconsistent. Sometimes they've been good, sometimes not so much. But Edwards had 15 carries last week. Is there any, in a bye week here, and four teams on a bye, any uh, case to be made for Gus, Heath? He's a flex. He's a fine flex. Um I just I think he's still going to share. You don't know if the three carries last week from Justice Hill were just because he was in his first game back and he's going to see a larger share. Um, everybody was basically better running the ball than Gus Edwards was last week. So it, it's just a flex, but it is a good matchup. All right. And Steelers side of the ball, you guys like Jalen Warren better than Najee Harris. Um, and Pickens. So who's the best flex out of those three? Warren, Pickens, or Najee? Uh, I would take Warren. I'll go Pickens, Warren, Najee, I think. But Warren and Pickens are really close. I don't really understand how Baltimore's been as good as they've been against wide receivers. You know, hats off to them. Uh, all the injuries they've had. And sit the Pittsburgh tight ends. And the Baltimore DST is a must-start. They are top four for everyone. That's it for today's show. 
If you have more questions, please join us for our live stream tonight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, thank you to, to uh, Jamie and Heath and to Schaefer. Dave and Jamie will be on tomorrow. We'll have to get them with Game of the Week. The thing is, like, it's going to be Dallas-San Francisco, right? Or do I have to kind of come up with something else? I, I, do you really want to be telling people on air and having again? them spoil it again? There's only one person, I think. So maybe that guy learned his lesson. I might have to throw a curveball here. I mean, San Francisco might crush Dallas. I don't even know if I think that's going to be the game of the week. But I'll think about it. We'll see you tonight at 730, everybody. Enjoy football. Later. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.